Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Daniel Day Podcast, a podcast all about discipleship and leadership. I'm Daniel Day, your host. Welcome to the program. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Daniel Day, your host. He is John Wilds. And John is the worship and creative arts pastor at Calvary Christian Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Not a bad place to be from. All right, John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Man, I'm so excited to have you today. And uh, we're going to be talking about worship leading and what it takes to successfully lead a worship ministry in a local church. I know that's something that is uh, near and dear to your heart as you mentor a lot of worship pastors. Um, And I know that's something that you really enjoy talking about. Uh, But before we get any further into our conversation, would you take us to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless this time together? Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to talk about you, uh, the most important person in our lives. Lord, I pray that every person who sees or listens to this podcast, Lord, would have an encounter with you, uh, God, that they would hear uh, what comes from you. I pray, God, for uh, just a great touch from heaven, Lord, to be upon every person watching. Uh, Bless this time together. Be here with us, Lord. Bless us with the most important thing we could ever have, and that's your presence. Uh, We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Well, if you're just beginning to hop on to this live broadcast, or perhaps you're watching it on the replay, would you do us a favor? Would you please like the video, heart the video, comment on the video, let us know where you're watching from. It's always exciting to see Uh, where this podcast is reaching and and who it's reaching and where you all are watching from. So comment in the chat there. Let us know where you're at uh, and share the video, especially if you know a person in worship ministry. This conversation is going to be very beneficial for them. So, Pastor John, for those who are just meeting you today for the first time, Catch us up on you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your ministry. Well, as you said, I am at Calvary Christian Center and I serve as a worship and creative arts pastor. And I've been here now nine years um, and I love it. My wife and uh, my kids, uh, we have a 25-year-old, an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. Pray with us for the 16-year-old. No, I'm just kidding. Um, And so we live here in beautiful Daytona Beach, Florida. I am a true Floridian. There aren't many of us left, uh, but (laughs) I am truly from Florida. Uh, Originally raised in, uh, born and raised in Tampa and uh, I've been in ministry now uh, 16 years full time. So uh, I have just been so blessed to be part of what God's doing in the earth. So you've been working with Pastor Jim, uh, Pastor Jim Rayleigh there at Calvary Christian Center, and he is a tremendous leader. What's it like working with someone like him? It's awesome because he is a father and, uh, you know, he's a true shepherd, uh, really cares for people, 
has taught me so much uh, just about loving God's people, um, loving the word, loving God's presence. Uh, and he is he's not just a boss. He is a father in every sense of the word. So um, it's been really a joy. Um, you know, I think people think sometimes that if you have a great relationship with your pastor, that it's always been that way. And um, no, we've had our, our rough days, uh, but ultimately I have uh, discovered after nine years of being here, he has always had my best interest at heart and uh, always wanted me to succeed in the things of God. So like, it's been really a joy and we do have a really great relationship. Well, you know, I think that um, when you consider the topic of the day, uh, which is leading worship in a local church ministry, the relationship you have with your lead pastor is always so key. Yeah. If that if that relationship is, uh, if there's friction, if there's not chemistry there, if, if you guys are not seeing eye to eye, it's going to impact everything. The anointing will be affected. And... Um, ultimately the ministry will suffer. And so perhaps we can talk a little bit about that at some point today. Um, but first, you know, you really do spend a lot of your time mentoring worship leaders, worship pastors. And I so appreciate that because it's such a pivotal and important part of uh, the experience at any local church. What are you saying right now to them as you mentor them in these crazy times in which we live? Well, one thing that's a common thread with every uh, everyone that I have the opportunity to speak into um, is to make sure that your foundation is the Lord himself. Uh, you know, God puts people in our lives uh, to encourage, to equip, to build up uh, iron, sharpening iron, those types of things. But ultimately, uh, a person is doing you a, uh, an injustice if they don't lead you to Jesus himself. And so um, I found that a lot of leaders do a great job of leading people to themselves or just a great job of leading people, but they don't really lead them to Jesus. And so um, life happens, ministry happens. You don't see eye to eye with a leader. A leader falls or there's some sort of situation that happens in church, church hurt, and you find that people walk away from church. And so my heart is to make sure that they meet Jesus, because if they truly meet him, the person, uh, and have an encounter with him and build their foundation on him, regardless of what happens with leadership or life or ministry, uh, they'll continue to stand because he's the only firm foundation. So that's the first thing, first and foremost. So just building off of that, then, I mean, you've been doing this for a very long time. You started playing music when you were very young. And so you've been in church world, in church music, your whole life, essentially. Yeah. And no doubt, even in your younger years, uh, you probably faced some of those challenges that you just mentioned, you know, where you became good at leading people to you getting, you know, being good at leading people to appreciate your talent or gifting or good at leading people in general. And sometimes you can go through seasons where you're good at those things and you forget the ultimate purpose, which is leading people to Christ. So just for yourself personally, how did you, 
recenter yourself on those primary purposes that you just articulated? How did you get yourself back in line? Well, I realized, you know, even as a kid, because I, I did, I grew up in church and uh, the first 17 years of my life, literally from zero to 17, or I say zero, from one to 17, uh, I was uh, part of a church and it was, um, it was a very interesting place and I'll spare you most of the details, but I saw a lot there, uh, a lot of things that don't necessarily line up with the word of God. And, and there was a lot of inconsistency and trauma and abuse and things like that, that happened uh, to me. <clears throat> and I realized that I had been taught uh, my whole childhood to follow a man, uh, but not necessarily given a, a good solid foundation uh, to follow Jesus himself. And so if I had not had uh, a personal encounter with the Lord, because I had a season when I turned 17 years old that I had to leave the place where I was um, and I was excommunicated. And it it's a pretty long story, but um, 17 years old, was excommunicated, just had conflict. Uh, what I was being taught, I, I had a hard time believing, you know, because there was just so much religion. There were rules, but then the fruit wasn't there. And obviously I couldn't uh, articulate that at the time, but there was just this inner tension that I had. And I had a hard time believing that this God I had heard so much about would be okay with some of the things that I was seeing. And it wasn't a judgmental thing. It was, I need to know, is he real? And, uh, and so he revealed himself to me through personal encounter. And, you know, that began this journey of really discovering who he is. And, uh, and when you discover who he is, then he reveals to you who you are. And so that to me, um, it taught me a lot. I learned a lot in that season. Um, I learned how to really discern, you know, what's good and what's not. I learned uh, a lot about uh, standing on, making sure that I was actually uh, walking in the ways of the Lord, making sure that I wasn't uh, allowing a leader to determine my relationship with the Lord. And what I mean by that is now, sometimes when I tell this story, I, I try to spare some details. So that's why my words are like uh, all over the place right now, because I I'm working on that part of my life. Like there's this testimony and I share my testimony often, but um, I told someone the other day that, they said, how did you know when it was time to share your testimony? And I said, well, I don't know that I've ever shared the full thing because, you know, I'm praying through like how to do that. Sometimes you, you want to honor people and, and not say, well, this person did this to me and this person did that. But um, rather I share the experiences that I've had and what I've learned and all that I've learned has brought me back to this place where I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that in all of my leading, in all of my teaching, in all of my uh, leading worship, uh, that people are being led to the king himself. Mm -hmm. um, because leaders fall, 
situations happen in, in ministry. Um, life happens. I, I had this transitional period where I realized that my mom's faith wasn't working for me anymore. Um, her prayers, which I believe that I'm living what I'm living now because of a lot of those prayers. Um, but when you, you start walking your own journey with the Lord, you realize, oh, wow, I can't depend on someone else's prayer life anymore. <laughs> yeah. I've got to, I've got to build a foundation myself. I've got to walk with the Lord myself. And, uh, and so that's what happened. And that, that time of my life is what I, I believe the Lord used to shape me into who I am today, making sure, um, that I am continually encouraging people to continue to walk with the Lord, make sure that you're with him every day, make sure you're in the word, make sure you're worshiping him when you're not on stage. Yes, sir. Uh, make sure that going to church on Sunday is not the extent of your worship. It should be an extension of your worship and uh, those, those types of things. So those are the things that I learned in that season. And that's what made the shift for me. You know, I'd love to get your uh, reaction to this thought. Um, just as you're speaking about your childhood experiences, uh, the word that comes to my mind is brokenness. And, you know, you, you experienced some brokenness that was brought upon you by uh, leaders in your life and, and church world, but also some brokenness in the spirit. Holy Spirit was doing some work on you continues to do work on you. And I, you know, when I think about the alabaster jar and how it's broken and the worship that happened there, and Jesus said, anywhere the gospel is preached, this woman's going to be remembered. And I think, wow, what, what an awesome thing, you know? And the Holy Spirit was uh, really speaking to me about brokenness and worship and how, uh, we should not waste broken worship. I think that that is sometimes it's like the gravitational pull to God's presence is our brokenness. And I would love for you to just weigh in on that. And uh, perhaps there's some leaders out there today that they feel broken, or maybe they feel their relationship with their pastor is broken, or their ministry is in a broken season, and they're feeling hurt. How might you encourage them right now? Oh, man. What an opportunity for the Lord to move. Yeah. Uh, when you're broken, when you are discouraged, when you're even burnt out and all these things, what an opportunity for God to move and show you who he is. If you will allow him, um, if you will just be still. And, and that seems so difficult, right? The, the surrendering, for some reason, surrender, which is, I think, one of the most simplest things it, we work at it the hardest, right? Just letting go. Just let God do what he wants to do in your life. It's so beautiful. Um, and he will use, like you said, uh, brokenness. I don't believe any season is wasted. I think, obviously, the Lord didn't do those things that happened uh, in my younger years. But even though he didn't do them, he always uses them. He can take those broken seasons and turn them into ministry. Like that's what it's become. I look at us yesterday. Uh, this happens every Sunday. <clears throat> but yesterday we had several young people that are like sons and daughters to my wife and I. Uh, and they're here every single Sunday after church. We do a lunch with them. My wife cooks a big meal. And uh, that's my way of getting to spend time with, with uh, 
you know, so many people, but we, we do that every Sunday. And I look at that and I go, wow, there was a time that I was homeless and uh, on a waiting list to get into a homeless shelter and had to sleep in a parking lot with my mom and my little brother. Then we get into the shelter. It's Metropolitan Ministries. You've probably heard of it. Um, and uh, he, God can take someone who went through that, show them the necessity of home and family and cause them to be that for others. Like only God can do that. Only God can take the seasons of my life where I experienced brokenness, even at the hands of leadership or whatever, and, uh, and make me into not a victim, but a victor. Amen. Someone who he uses to lead others, you know, in a loving and gracious way. Like only God can do that. So he can use your pain. He can use your process. He can use your, uh, your season of darkness, whatever it is. And I believe the crushing and all of that stuff, obviously it produces oil in your life. And so uh, nothing is wasted. Nothing, nothing's wasted. Yeah. So let's take it a step further because, you know, you remember how uh, Judas Iscariot was like, oh, what a waste. This could have been used over here. You know, what a waste. Right. And it's like the second you take your broken worship to the Lord and you're at the altar and you're just, it's just you and God you know, here comes the religious folks saying, oh, what a waste this, you know, it seems like the enemy will always send a voice or two to try to detract what God is doing in your life. Just when you start to get some breakthrough. Right? Yeah. And uh, how would you encourage a worship leader today uh, who, you know, they're trying to introduce some new music. They're trying to introduce some new ideas. They're trying to, you know, move the ball forward a little bit. And here comes some religious folks with some words that are just biting and they're discouraging. Oh, what a waste. We could have been doing this or that. Um, how might you encourage that worship leader today? Well, I tell them, make sure they're dead because you can't offend a dead man. I'm on now. Give the Lord your heart, every part of it. And if, if for some reason, something someone is saying, their opinion or their view of you and all these things, if it for some reason pushes a button, um, ask the Lord, why is that button pushable? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, and walk out the process. Like I tell them to be in communication with their pastor. Like, pastor, what's your heart for worship? Um, here's what's on my heart. Here's what I'd like to do. Um, are you in agreement with that? And if you have the agreement of your pastor, like what other people are saying, it doesn't matter. Like you have the blessing of the leadership uh, and just move in that way. Now don't do it like a bull in a China shop. Right. I always tell people they have this great idea and it's probably great, uh, but make sure that everything you do is bathed in love and not ego. Like, mm -hmm. and as long as you do that, I mean, not everyone's going to be happy. And I said this the other day, if you're trying to please God, you're not going to please everyone else. But if you're trying to please everyone else, you're not going to please God. Oh, man. So, Say so that again, bro. Say that one more. <laughs> That's good. That's if good. you're trying to please God, you're not going to please everyone else. But if you're trying to please everyone else, you're not going to please God. Mm -hmm. And it's just true. You it, Things happen. This is why a, a personal relationship oh, that is consistent with the Lord is so important because what he says to you outweighs what anyone else is saying. 
And, uh, and when you know who you are, those kinds of things just kind of, you know, you take what needs to be taken. Now, if it's true, then you take it. But if it's not, then just move on. But if you have the agreement of your pastor, which is very important, some people are so frustrated about something they've never even communicated. And uh, communication can solve so many issues like relationship with your pastor, make sure that uh, that whatever vision you have for worship ministry or even new new material, the types of songs you're singing, make sure that your pastor's okay with it. Have that dialogue with them and or or her. And if it's if it's cool with them, then go for it. Yeah. So you've been nine years with Pastor Jim, and uh, you know I don't know him personally. Just just watching his ministry and observing the fruit of his ministry, I can see he's a tremendous leader. Um. You've been with him for nine years now. You mentioned earlier in the conversation that, you know, it hasn't always been uh, eye to eye. You know, maybe there's there were some rough patches here and there. Um, and that's normal. If, the, if that wasn't the case, then I probably wouldn't believe you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how, how have you cultivated a good relationship with him? And how might you use your story to encourage someone else? Uh, communication. That to me, uh, because because of the way that I I was raised uh, in church, uh, you never questioned or even brought up concern as to what was happening from leadership. Um, you just basically did what they said, and it was more of a dictatorship. Uh, and so it made me really timid toward leadership even into my adult years, I never knew how to address how I felt because I felt so afraid to voice something I was taught th that was honor. And I don't think you honor uh, a man or woman of God by not being truthful. Um, and so I, I had to learn that, you know, late in my later years. And so with Pastor Rayleigh, um, like I said, we do have a really great relationship. He's like a father, he's a friend, he's a mentor. Um, all of those things, but we had to build that trust uh, because of what I had gone through so so many years. And obviously, I had healed already from some things, but um, God's used Him to heal a lot more. But communication—it's just like any relationship; they really rise and fall with communication. We don't share how we feel because we're afraid of how the person will respond, and uh, and so fear is there. Well, I always tell someone, if you take fear out of the equation, what would you do? And they answer me. They say, I don't know how to do this. I say, well, why don't you talk to your pastor? And I said, well, you know, and I said, okay, if you weren't afraid, what would you do? And they have a response right away. And I said, so why don't you do that? <laughs> take right. fear out of the equation. So we've sat down and we've talked and uh, I've been able to share like, but you have to have a secure leader too. So he's secure in who he is, and uh, he's not uh, insecure in any way that I believe. Uh, and so we literally, if there's a, a rough patch, we sit down on a couch in my office, he'll walk over, we'll talk about it. I'll tell him how I feel, he tells me how he feels, and, and ultimately I honor and respect him. And so that's the other thing. Sometimes um, guys get such a, a big head about, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Um, and that's not the way that you approach anything. You go in with a, a heart of humility. And if you do, 
then God will open a door for you to establish that connection with your pastor. Yeah. And, uh, and when you communicate how you feel and honesty is there and you really have a heart to, to serve, like the, what I want at the end of the day is for his job to be so easy. What I want at the end of the day is for him to uh, not worry about what kind of atmosphere is going to be set uh, as he steps up. I want there to be, I want it to be clean, clean air. <laughs> I want there to be right. clean air. Yeah. And so in order for that to happen, I can't hold a fence or anything like that. I have to know ultimately, this is my leader. I'm called here. The Lord called me here. And so if the Lord asked me to come here, then there has to be honor for who's in charge. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. You know, there might be somebody watching uh, or listening who they wish they had a better relationship with their pastor, but maybe there's some barriers that are there that are no fault of their own. For example, uh, perhaps it's a male pastor, lead pastor, and a female worship pastor, okay? And maybe that one-on-one -on -one mentorship because uh, maybe they're both married, uh, maybe maybe one is single, one is married. You know, there might be some barriers right? That, that they're just ethically, they don't want to spend, you know, too much time alone or, or, or whatever have you. Uh, maybe there's generational barriers. Maybe there's an older worship leader and a younger pastor or vice versa. Um, maybe there are cultural barriers. Maybe there's um, a lead pastor who really wants um you know, Fred Hammond style worship and you've got a Chris Tomlin worship leader, you know, <laughs> uh, or, or other, you know, I'm just saying there might be cultural, there might be, um, you know, all kinds of barriers that are there. How might they overcome some of these barriers to build a better relationship? I would say one of the things I feel has helped me in life is having someone like a pastor really. Um, and I realized that when I didn't, I was really missing something. And, uh, and so I would encourage someone to make sure that you, you're praying and asking the Lord to highlight someone that can speak into your, into your life. We, we all need mothers and fathers, right? We all need to, to have connection with someone who is further along or has experienced some things um, and I think that's the way the Lord set it up. But if you don't have that, I, I would pray and say, Lord, highlight some people that can be speaking into my life. Now they have to be people who are going to not, uh, see every fault in your pastor and be like, yeah, you need to do this. Like, that's not what I do. I always say, did you talk to them? Did you talk to them? Sit down and talk with them. Um, but any kind of barrier there is obviously be praying through that, but then, uh, just evaluate, like, how can I, how can I tear down some of those barriers? If there's a cultural barrier, do I have some friends that are part of that culture that can kind of, I can bounce things off of and uh, in a healthy way, not bashing your pastor, but in a healthy way say, you know, this is the struggle. What do I do? Um, it goes back to communication. Like a person can seem really isolated because of a lack of communication. Well, they don't know how I, they don't know how it is here. Uh, I can't talk to my pastor like that. Those, for those reasons that you said, they're married or they're single or, or whatever that is. If they are married, reach out to their spouse and perhaps their spouse can 
offer some sort of wisdom um, if they're of the, the, you know, you know what I mean? Um, and if, if not, then again, ask God to highlight people. There might be some people around you that can help you yeah. uh, with those, those kinds of things. Have you ever had to mentor someone who was in that generational? I'd like for you to tap on that a bit because um, the generational barrier with music tends to be the thing that kind of crops up a lot. You know, people who prefer older style versus younger style, people who will argue that things were so much more theologically sound back in the day. And, you know, and, 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 and really that's, if you go through a hymn book and you read it, you're going to find some things that aren't exactly theologically sound. Um, if you go through some of the new music, you're going to find great theology in some, and you're going to find, you know, milk toast and others. Um, so it's, it's really not fair to compare generations and theology because you're going to find good theology and bad theology in both. Um, how would you encourage someone who's currently in that generational barrier and uh, perhaps the pastor's wanting to introduce some new music and they're, they're, they have an older worship leader who just isn't feeling it or the opposite? How would you encourage someone in that season? Uh, well, so in, in some ways, what I would say is you have to put posture above preference because some of it is preference, personal preference. You know, I prefer this and I prefer that. And I don't want to upset worship leaders, but my, I feel like part of my assignment is to bridge generations. And I think, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's every worship leader's uh, part of their assignment. I would agree. Generations. Yeah. Um, but you have to be aware of it. So perhaps study it, you know, um, you know, every time, not every single time, but, there are oftentimes in a set, it happened yesterday, actually. Uh, we're singing a new song by uh, a, a new group and we slip into, uh, oh man. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised. Well, that wasn't on the set list, but it's a, it's a and it wasn't a plan. I didn't go, oh, let me bridge, bridge to generations here. I think it's the posture of my heart is, Lord, I want to reach everyone you, you call me to reach. And sometimes that's young, sometimes that's old. Sometimes it's really old. <laughs> but I'm here to, to exalt Jesus above my personal preference. I'm on now. That's it right there. And so um, I think all of us have to have an open heart when it comes to that and go, you know, it may not be my preference, but can the Lord use it? Mm-hmm. And was it written for me in the first place? No. Yeah. Um, you know, so I have learned because there was a time where I was like, man, I want to do some new stuff. I want to do some new stuff. And then I realized, man, there's so much power in just surrendering my preference and letting the Holy Spirit lead me. And as he did, he led me to sing more hymns. And I was like, what is going on? Um, but some powerful moments happen and powerful moments happen with the newer stuff, too. And I think the more we can lay aside our own agendas, uh, the more we'll see um, so much more fruit in in that way. But if you're struggling with, uh, you know, your pastor asking you to sing something that you're just not capable of singing, I would say communicate that. Like, 
again, and I can't, I guess this, this whole podcast is about communication. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> because, because sometimes they, I, I'm thinking about myself, right? Like there was a season of time where uh, I was with a pastor and they were asking me to sing something. And I was like, man, I'm thinking you just, I just said yes, because they said so, you know, and it, sometimes you can just say, Hey, pastor, actually, I really struggle with that, you know, or maybe you can have someone else lead it, you know, you don't have to lead it. Perhaps you have someone else lead it or just communicate that to your pastor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I believe your church should sound, sound like what your, your community looks like. So exactly. No, that, that right there is absolutely key. I think people really like the music that mm -hmm. was playing when they got saved. You right. know, what was the, what was the music that was playing that the Holy spirit used to draw them to Jesus? And they want to hear those songs because it lights their fire. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this will be the last question. We'll wrap up because there's a big difference between a traveling worship artist, like a Chris Tomlin uh, or a Fred Hammond or whomever uh, and somebody who's in a local church and they're leading the same group pretty much every week, right? Mm -hmm. And they're pastoring musically every week and say like a Natalie Grant, who is a, you know, Grammy award-winning Christian music artist or whatever. So uh, that's going to sing songs she writes and it's going to be different. So there's, there's, there's people out there who might be Christian music artists, uh, people out there who might be worship leaders, but they travel, they're itinerant worship leaders. And then there's the local church. So let's focus on the local church for now, because that might be the majority of people watching. Yeah. What would you say to them about, to use a theological word, exegeting their crowd, right? And just figuring out, you know, would it be valuable to them to figure out what were the songs playing that brought them to Jesus? and integrating those songs it doesn't have to be the full set right but just integrating those songs if you're going to be with them for a number of years you've got some time now right to integrate those songs and man it just goes a long way relationally doesn't it uh weigh in on that for a bit and that'll be our last question yeah well and i think in order to do that they have to know uh their congregation so you have to communicate. Is that what you're saying? You have oh, to communicate. And I don't know where I've heard that. <laughs> you have to communicate, but you also have to have community. Come on now. And, and uh, some worship leaders are far removed from their actual congregation. They have their crew, the, the band, and that's everyone that's in cahoots with them. Right. But then you have people that just attend and you're ministering to these people. And I think one of the greatest methods of ministry is community. Um, I mean, you look at Jesus, he went from house to house and we just go from church to Cracker Barrel with the people that we hang out with. <clears throat> but I think you have to know the people that you're leading. And if you know them, then those kinds of things, you'll, you'll go, wow, like you were saved in that era. Wow. What were some of the songs you listened to back then? Um, but I think, yeah, building community with your church, finding ways to connect with people that are not on the stage with you consistently. Um, those are all ways that you can relate to them. And when, when you relate to them, you really want to, I don't know, it really changes you, you know, it changes your perspective. 
you see them differently. You go, you know, Sister Clara, <laughs> Sister Clara gets on my nerves. She's always asking me to sing these hymns. Then you go and you let Sister Clara cook you some collard greens or something. <laughs> Come on now. You go to her house one day to, to visit and just love on her. And, and you see that hymn book on her counter and you go, oh, it means something to her. Oh, yeah. You know, there's history. She's got history with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about someone who has that much history with the Lord and you totally disregarding all that history, mm. you know, or they, they don't have that. It's not, uh, is, is nostalgic the word Yeah. where, where you, you come into this moment and it's familiar. Mm -hmm. Like imagine reminding sister Clara of 50 years ago when she said yes to the Lord. You know what I mean? Right. There's just like these, and God can do that. Now, we don't have to go, okay, I'm going to sing this for Sister Clara today. You know, I think all that we do should be as unto the Lord. But if we will allow our posture above our preference, then maybe the Holy Spirit will whisper to us, hey, sing Amazing Grace today. You know, but if you're so bent on, I'm just going to do my style and what I like to do, um, the Holy Spirit's not going to compete with your ego. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, man. You know, I think to, um, you know, there's a story that, uh, you may be familiar with Lyndall Cooley. Mm -hmm. Um, he tells a story about when he was a kid and he was in a Christian rock band, his grandma would come and to all of his concerts and, um, he's, you know, talking to her, he's like, grandma, you can't like this music. And she's like, no, I hate this music you know, um, but I love you. So I come, mm. you know, and local church worship leaders, uh, I think sometimes they just, uh, they need to have a longer view. And I'm speaking as a lead pastor now, have a long view of the people. And if they love you, they'll put up with a lot, you know, and I think that we really need to value what you've been saying today, Pastor John, relationship, communication. It's key. If you skip those things, then what you've done is you've devalued people and you've devalued their testimony and their experiences. You know, there's some movies out there I wish people would stop messing with. You know, just there's some movies. Don't remake that movie, right? Can you imagine if somebody went out there and tried to remake Braveheart? I mean, come on, don't remake Braveheart. You know, don't remake Gladiator. I mean, come on, don't don't remake these movies. Um, whatever, but um, but but how do you suppose those older folks feel when we remake their hymns? You know, they don't don't mess with my experience. That's not how we sung it. You know, and 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 we can kind of bristle at those feelings. You know, when when we hear that, but just like I don't like it when the people remake my favorite movie, they don't like it when people remake their favorite songs, you know, and, and it's their experience, it's their testimony. So get to know your people, get to know them, uh, eat at their homes, hear their stories, ask them about the songs that mean something to them. And you know what, if you spend a couple of years in that place and they learn to love you and you start playing a song they don't like, they're okay with it because they love you. Um, Pastor John, what I'd like you to do for us is uh, pray for us, pray for the worship leaders um, that are listening to this podcast and uh, just ask God's blessing and wisdom to cover them. And uh, after you're done praying, 
uh, I'd like for you to point us to where we can find some of your music. And then we're actually going to get to play one of your songs uh, for the folks who have uh, hung out with us this long. So uh, pray for us, brother. Father, thank you so much, uh, Lord, for all that you've done in this, this moment, Lord, uh, through this podcast. Lord, thank you for every person listening. God, above all else, I pray, God, that everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, would just sense how near you are to them, regardless of where they are, regardless of what their situation may look like, Lord, where they're serving. Uh, God, maybe they're burnt out. Maybe they're frustrated. Maybe, uh, maybe they are just in a season, Lord, that seems unbearable, or maybe they're having a hard time believing that they are called to this. Uh, Lord, we cancel anything that is contrary to your word. Father, I thank you that you are releasing a new joy over them, God. You're restoring, God, uh, God, even the youthful joy that they had, Lord, when they stepped into the call. And Lord, I just thank you that you're mending every broken piece, Lord, every thing that has happened, Lord, over the years in ministry, Lord, in life and experiences that have caused them to, to go dormant and dead, Lord. You're breathing new life into them now. And Father, I pray for wisdom, Lord, for clarity, for strength, Lord. I pray that you would allow through the Holy Spirit, God, them to build a bridge between them and their pastors and their churches. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them, give them your heart for the community that they're serving. And God, let them serve you to the utmost and highest. I thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Pastor John, hey, this has been rich, bro. I really appreciate your time. Uh, if somebody wanted to catch up with you, follow you, uh, catch some of your music, where can they go? Uh, so obviously everyone's on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, John Wilds Music. Um, you can also find me on Facebook there, but also if you want... Uh, to get in touch with music, I have stuff on my website, johnwilds.com, or Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere music is sold. You can look up John Wilds. And uh, we're actually going to get to play one of your songs for the folks right now. Tell us about this song that we're about to hear. Oh, this song is called Strip It All Away. And I actually found myself in a very frustrating time. And, uh, and I was in my office at the church and I said, Lord, I'm frustrated. I'm doing all of this stuff for you. Why am I so frustrated and overwhelmed? And his response was, you're frustrated because you're doing a lot for me, but not a lot with me. Oh, and come on. Thank you, Jesus. I got it from my piano. I mean, I got it from my desk and walked over to the piano and stripped it all away, came out. So um, when you hear it, you'll understand. Well, John, this has been wonderful. I pray that it's been a blessing for all who've listened. We're going to turn now to this song. I pray that it blesses you as we close out our time together.
strip it all away strip it all away all that tries to steal my heart's affection i don't need it anyway if it leads my eyes astray lord only you deserve all of my attention so strip it all away i'm letting go i'm giving in jesus i surrender i'm breaking free from everything to be with you again and i no longer tied to what can't satisfy so strip it all away strip it all away all that tries to steal my heart's affection i don't need it anyway if it leads my eyes astray Lord only you deserve all of my attention so strip it all away I'm letting go I'm giving in Jesus I surrender oh I'm breaking free from everything just to be with you again and i'm no longer tied to what can't satisfy so strip it all away strip it all away all that tries to steal my heart's affection i don't need it if it leads my eyes astray Lord only you deserve all of my attention so strip it all away you be the king of my heart lead me away take me far from every imposter Yeah, only you deserve 
ocean So strip it all away Cause all I need is you Strip it all away Would you strip it all away?